What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight. We're coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief an effort to send a biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm Caleb Pearson, uh, the quad squad, all of us here in one room together again, like family, uh, coming to you first again, Senior Pastor Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, man? Doing well. Yeah? Yeah? Good. Yeah, pretty good. Are you excited to be in the podcast booth every week, or is it kind of like, oh, I got to do this thing? That's a job, but that's okay. <laughs> it, it, Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> it's a dirty job. Don't ask a question. You're not hey, looking for an answer. He, right. He's taking the short straw from all the other pastors. He's like, I know one of us is going to. That's right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You can hear him, but you can't see him again for the umpteenth week in a row. Mark Francis. Mark. It's beautiful. You're here, we, man. We can always go back to Zoom, and you have flowers Please, in no. the background, and you have yeah. no. pictures of Please. Jerusalem in the background, or Nebraska, or wherever that is. Yeah. No, thank you. Okay. Could Just you checking. zoom in while we're all here? I mean, that would be that'd be awful. That's true. Oh, that would be. We had we had all staff meeting this morning, and they didn't even zoom those guys in. They just called them in. It was just speakerphone. Yeah call like the good old days but anyway i don't know zoom like, is hopefully behind us be like the charlie brown teacher but wah, you never wah, know. Wah, wah. that's true yeah dvd's walking around the room <laughs> with the speaker but uh here she is on camera with us the lovely alicia battaglia alicia how are you i'm doing great awesome and today is a beautiful day it, it is, is not too hot not too cold sunny nice. yeah perfect temperature i did a costco run for the shenandoah church plant got some equipment super excited about that but you're absolutely right. Good day to be outside. Not brutally cold yet. And I went to FSAT for the first time, guys. First time? I saw you there. Okay. Ever? No, 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 not ever. That's okay. very dangerous. And that okay. cutie girl of yours was sitting next she to you. She was. The yeah. girl to be wed uh-huh. with me. Yeah. But I had never been outside huh? yet to FSAT. Yeah. I'm a Sunday guy. I don't know. But I, I went and it was so awesome. Great. I was in a wedding on Sunday. So I went to the outdoor FSAT. It was tons of fun. It was cold, but not too cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 230 uh, people. That's so cool to me. It's, yeah. Um, all spread out. Warms up level. fast when get those people outside yeah yeah hanging out together and, and there were yeah. heaters, heaters again set up there were heaters which That's was right. nice but people yeah. brought earmuffs so if you do want to come on saturday night it might not be a bad idea to bring some earmuffs yeah. for once the sun goes just down. don't put them on when i'm preaching and drown out the sound <laughs> of music guys. i was thinking right there <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> not earplugs <laughs> I think the plan is to stay outside for at least a we couple. Are. Yeah, right? it definitely at least one more week. We are going to then make an announcement to do a time change. And the goal is to get through October. The goal is to get through October outdoors. And then we'll be making some additional announcements of mm. other time changes coming up. But, you know, I mean, as long as we can, the votes that I've been hearing is keep doing it. So including the, the actual time change, right? Isn't that in October? That is the last weekend of October. So it's technically what? November yeah, 1st. The first oh, wow. So that's, November. that's where stuff. we would then draw the line of, okay. let's make some changes. Well, cause it'll be dark yeah. at five thirty. Yeah, no, that's true. Then. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All conversations we've been having all week long and weeks yeah. before. So no, that's good. There you go. All right, my people, let's jump into a Sunday in review jumping into Romans 7, but also American history, guys. Now, I'll be honest, I scraped an A- in AP U.S. history in high school, but it did not seem like it when he was spouting off historical stuff. This is a different version of U.S. history, I think, than what you might be getting taught in your schools. Excellent point. That's a wonderful point. So, but I mean, from my standpoint, it was, I'll be honest, a little bit of a curveball, you know, coming out of left field (laughs) with a a good 25, 30 minute history lesson. And I'm like, I'm ready for Romans. Let's dig in. So I I kind of have a two part question. And it's basically, 
what prep work really goes into kind of the, the unpacking? Because I know, I know, Mark, you really love history. So giving historical stories in the context of sermons is helpful. But what kind of prep work goes into that? And then where did that come from? When you're looking at this passage of Who do you Romans think you are? 7, you know, and these five <laughs> verses, you know, thinking about well, the it, U.S. and our yeah. culture and our context now, just the Well, full disclosure, full disclosure, Romans um, 7 6, you know, verse 14, we're not under law, but under grace. The whole thing of, of law being under law and that we're not under law anymore. And, and we're talking about the Mosaic law and, and the good Romans 7. And uh, as we saw last week, um, uh, you know, we've died to the law and this whole thing of the law, the law, the law, and how we as believers aren't under that system. We're under a whole new system of grace. So I was thinking through... Um, the, the concept of legislating morality. What, what, clearly in the Old Testament, here was the law of God. People couldn't do it. Why? Because you can't ultimately legislate morality. New Covenant, Jeremiah 31, 31 through 34, it's a matter of the heart. God says, okay, I've got to change the heart of people. I've got to write the law on their heart. And, and I know there's big debates. and Well, yes, you can legislate morality. Thou shalt not kill. And if you do, then you go to go to jail. And so we'll legislate. We'll keep people in, you know, well, hey, we're living it now. I don't know if it's, it's not legislation, but uh, governor says uh, you got to wear a mask. you got a six feet mm -hmm. distance. Well, here we are. You know, and uh, I know um, in some places, if you don't wear a mask out in public, there's a fine. There's a hundred dollar fine or there's, there's so you're legislating behavior. And that's what laws ultimately are designed mm -hmm. to do. Mm -hmm. Now, the question is, what are those laws connected to? Um, anyway, so I was reading stuff and thinking along that line to, to introduce um, Romans 7, 7 through 13. And I just got carried away in some personal study time hmm. about, well, laws, legislating morality. If you tie laws, laws have to be based on something. Why do we say this is a law? Don't do this. Stop in the name of the law. Hmm. Upon what basis? So I got some read, did some reading, read this Arthur Leff stuff, uh, 1979, Duke University. He's a Yale Yard law professor was, and um, and just to the interesting um, kind of intellectual crisis he was wrestling with, being an atheist, uh, and well, you know, if there is no, well, that now so. And he came up with that phrase, the grand says who. Yeah. And I was fascinated by that. But it's really, when you think about it, yeah, what are our laws based on? And you work your way back through and you see the, the secularization of America. You see where we're at today. And we're in very scary times because if you're not anchoring legislation on some moral code, if you're basing it on man, and that's what Arthur Left concluded, um, he said, when it's all said and done, we are left to ourselves to determine. So the, the, the morality of a nation mm. is left um, up to whatever the whatever you feel like it in that moment, as as opposed to some external law code of a divine moral law giver. And um, so I in my history hat I wore and my personal study, I traced that back and, and thought, well, you know, I think I'll just 
by, by then it was Friday, and I didn't have much time more in Roman, so I said, well, okay, they're going to get a history lesson this Sunday. <laughs> but and even that, more, even beyond that, I mean, you, you look at like how the United States was founded and how it was founded on Judeo-Christian kind of standards, so it does have these biblical roots to it. But when you break out this kind of uh, statement from Joe Biden, which full coincidence that he's running for president now, that he was essentially saying government should be you know, based on relativism, almost that there, there, it can be this floating kind of concept of okay, what is right and what is wrong, and we should change with society. That was an interesting takeaway for me of this idea of how society in American culture now is even bucking the system of real laws. You know, of how can we change them according to where we are today in society? Right, and and it, it, it's it's similar to a concept of Bible study. You go back to authorial intent. You know, when you study the Bible, what did Paul mean when he wrote that? Uh, grammatical, historical interpretation. In the culture in which he was, it was written, you know, you, you, you do your exegesis, you try to figure out what, what does that mean? Well, we have our country is based on a constitution. Well, what did the original framers, what did they intend by that? And you, you try to wrestle with that. Now, just like Bible study, um, you have one interpretation. What was the original intent? But you can have many applications, and the applications that, say, say Romans were teaching a book 2,000 years old. Well, how Paul or a, a preacher back in the first century would have applied that in their culture is obviously different than where we're going to apply it in 21st century America because things are different. Right. Application of laws are going to look differently. But what are the foundational um, belief structures upon which those laws are based those are good those should be if if it's if it's a god focus um those things are timeless and the concern of what's going on and has been going on in our country is the, the foundational belief systems not just the application of laws but the foundational mm -hmm. belief systems mm -hmm. at, as francis schaeffer said as i quoted we are no longer a christian we're a post-christian world mm -hmm. and a sense of absolutism of 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 this is right and this is wrong. And, and therefore, uh, I, I mean, the thought that a governor of Virginia uh, 20 years ago would say, well, the baby will be born, we'll keep it, uh, we'll keep it comfortable until the mother decides, and then and the implication is, and then we'll kill it. Mm. That would have been unheard of not too many years ago. How, how does that come into our system? Well, because there's no f moral foundation. Yeah. And and that and that's where and that's where we're heading. It's, it's based on trends, not not truth. I mean, even that quote that was brought up was like, oh, it, it, you know, the laws must kind of come with the, the change or the change of the culture, the change of the swing, and what everybody's thinking. But you look all the way back. I mean, Jesus was fighting trends left and right everywhere he went. Yeah, and, I, and that's why I just wanted to share a little bit of those a, a few high points yeah. of American history of how that well, of where we the, went. like the Puritans when arriving to America, they brought. Um, with with them reformational thought and mm -hmm. the five solas being a foundation of who they were as a pe people grace alone through faith alone and Christ alone according to scripture alone for God's glory alone but um, they they were not perfect people themselves and they didn't like the way that the Quakers thought and so they would hang them you know so yeah, yeah, but they right. have but they have They've left us with some of the most uh, beautiful, uh, God-glorifying prayers uh, and teaching. Uh, so there's this breakdown in humanity where there's these good 
truths and then we really can mess them up yeah the, the, in the, the journey the, and the challenge is um we augustine said the city of god the city of man we're in both cities uh, mm -hmm. we are citizens of heaven but we're also citizens of earth and how we we, we blend those twos and live in light of it can be very tricky. It, it, it's, it's a challenge because Puritans, they were seeking to bring in the kingdom. I mean, there was kind mm -hmm. of a post-millennial type of mindset that says, we're setting up the kingdom of God. Well, we can't set up. God will set up the kingdom of God one day. Jesus Christ is returning. A millennial kingdom will be here. Jesus will reign. The law will be enacted. But that's not today. Right. Um, so we... we, we <laughs> We we're gonna we're gonna live in a world of of uh, that that's not going to be Christianized the way we want it to be, hmm. and um, so how do we how do we how do we maneuver in there? And I, I think we have to be careful um, of of calling America even two hundred years ago a Christian nation. Hmm. Yeah, um, we, we we we're not. And we're right. you know we're to be in the world but not of the world. You know we're here to be. You know, our identity is not an American. Our identity is a believer and follower of Christ. And so when we read the passage of Romans, you know, this context, you know, where he's saying, is the law sin? That's the first part of this passage. But then he ends it by saying, no, the law is holy. And so we still have this call to, to go to God's word and to live out our lives in this day and age as a believer in Christ and to reflect God's glory and reflect his law and to to call people around us to do the same thing. And so that's where I think the end result of evangelism was, was, was coming out to say, Hey guys, you know, go vote. But you know, we're not necessarily here for that. And that sole purpose, you know, we're here to be believers and display God's glory. Go grab your friends, go grab your neighbors, tell them about the gospel. And, yeah. and that's, yeah. That's where it goes. Get, get them saved, get them grounded in the word, and then have them go vote because then they'll vote biblical, uh, 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 biblical morality. Yeah. It boggles my mind, though, today to think that there are evangelical Bible-believing Christians who are voting for a personality and not voting for biblical values. Hmm. Uh, you know, where, where, where has the church gone? Now, we don't get up in the pulpit and we don't bang the symbols on, on, on politics here. But um, we, being that citizen in this earth, we, it is incumbent upon us to understand what God's law is, the, the heart and the moral absolutes of God. And, um, and while we have the freedom to do it, to go exercise that right and vote for a person uh, or a policy or a platform that reflects that most uh, closely. As challenging as that it's, is. It's challenging <laughs> yeah. it is because, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, there's... Yeah, well, let me get into that stuff. You but said, it's, but you it's said a challenge. It, it, it's it's not just voting for a person. There are implications to it, and it's how we're going to end up interacting with with the, the government, the authority that that we are called to be subjected to. Romans thirteen, right? All authority is God's authority. What does that mean? Well, whoever ends up in the White House, God wants there. How are we going to adapt to that? How are we going? To, how is our faith going to be shaken, or hopefully not shaken, based on whatever happens? Right? It, you will be disappointed with legislation from here until the good Lord takes you home. Like it will, it will not fulfill. And so to, to, to see the amount of importance we put on that or the hope, and, I, and I, I agree with what you said, Mark, just about, Mark Francis, about the like, the patriotism and that this is, you know, America's God's country. It's like, yeah, yeah, in the sense that they all are. But I mean, we were one of the last to be developed and we've, we've gone quite ahead and we're, we're the most profitable country in the world. 
You ever think that pendulum might swing back one day and we're going to be the first to deteriorate? You don't know what is going to happen and, 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 and how God is interacting with his people, but it's not going to be measured by worldly standards. It, right. Of course it won't be. And the bottom line with the Romans, but when I came back to the Romans passage, is then what we have to zero in on is that issue of the heart. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Mm-hmm. And so the, it's the, the issue of, the, it's the sin within me, Paul said, and we have to um, not only deal it with ourselves, but then help other people deal with it. Um, One of my biggest takeaways um, was a feeling of lament. Um, and going in the, you highlighted four stages of the decline and fall of humanity and our idolatry, our immorality, our anarchy, and our judgment. And so, um, that just the word lament kept coming to my mind and just feeling the weight of that and i think that as christians it's important for us to humble ourselves individually but also on behalf of our nation and to repent and to lament over our state um recognizing that one god is he's sovereign and he is good and he's in control and one day we will uh, arrive into the the perfect heaven and earth together but um daniel 9 uh he he prays prays for and confesses the sinfulness of god's people and can he talks about the the justice of Jerusalem's desolation and he's praying and seeking the favor of God in the restoration of the temple. And in verse three, starting in verse three, he says, then I turned my face to the Lord, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord, my God, and made confession saying, oh, Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. We have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and rules. He, he, he. I mean, he's not, he's a sinner of himself, but he's confessing this on behalf of, of the people. Um, and then in verse 18, second part, for we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. And so I think that for Christians to recognize where we are in our broken nation, um, that we have a privilege to be able to go before the throne of God and plea for mercy and plea for God's favor um, and healing upon our land. And this is not our home. Yeah. Yeah. This is not our home. Maybe 10, 11 years ago, I was at the at the beach with my family and a hurricane came. It like went from the hurricane will be here in two days to okay, it's here now. And we were like packing up and leaving and some crazy stuff was happening to this beach. And as scary and as frightening as it was, I remember only really feeling excited and eager to go home. Mm. Because yeah, the rain was, I mean, the, the we were staying in, in these units, this you know small hotel kind of venue on the beach and it's raining, it's pouring, it's windy, there's some damage already happening, some flooding going on. But that wasn't my, my home. I was able to leave safely with my family and get home 
out of this torrential downpour, this crazy situation. And I, I look back on that often when I realize, okay, I in that moment, I wasn't obsessed with making sure our hotel room wasn't dripping with water <laughs> because I was going home. Hmm. And I knew that the hurricane wasn't getting past the Shenandoah Valley. <laughs> so to, to think about that now and have to take a deep breath if I get too far into a political conversation or now too far into a news article or a heading, I'm like, okay, this is not... I'm learning what's happening to my temporary home. And what a great call mm-hmm. to have that perspective now in October because when the world does become <laughs> right. chaotic from November until whenever, you know, right. at post-election, you know, no matter who wins, mm-hmm. how can we as a church still stay grounded in our truth that, yeah. yeah, this is not our home, God is sovereign, and we can still, you know, put and display our His glory out into the world no matter what chaos is going around us, you know, present Christ. Yeah. Let, let him be our focus. While we, as good citizens of the, this earth, learn from history, because if you don't learn from history, we're bound to repeat I'll the repeat mistakes it. of the past. Yeah. Uh, Daniel's prayer, as you brought up, Alicia, is uh, is pretty instructive as he calls for repentance, as he calls, as he looks at the, the sin of his people. You see that in all the prophets. Um, so, you know, when we were preaching through Isaiah, Isaiah uh, talks about this over and over again. Oh, and yeah. and there was a repeated theme for the people of God, the Israelites. It was like in chapter 1, verse 17, learn to do good, seek justice, reprove the ruthless, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Mm-hmm. You go over to Ezekiel. Ezekiel um, uh, there's the the um, um, speaking against the leaders of Israel. Um, uh, you, you know, you've become fat and all this stuff. But he says in verse four, those who are sickly, you've not strengthened the dis- diseased, you've not healed the broken, you've not bound up the scattered, you've not brought back, nor have you sought for the lost. Uh, but with force and with severity, you have dominated them o- over and over again. Um, you know, plead for the cause of the, 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 the fatherless and the widow, for the helpless, for the orphaned. I, I look back again on that whole American history, that second great awakening where there was a real movement of God. And I brought this out. I said, what, what was left out? 18% of the American population were enslaved. Mm. Uh, they, they were viewed as cattle. And where was the repentance? Going back to what you were saying, where, yeah. where was the repentance? And that, if it was ultimately a, a would have been a national revival, there should have been, and maybe there were pockets of it, but there should have been a, nat- a, a national outpouring of, we have sinned. Hmm. They should have listened to what was going on in Great Britain with William Wilberforce in 1833 hmm. when he fought for 40 years to end slavery. Yeah. And I think in our American history sometimes we belittle that. Oh, yeah, that yeah, was a bad thing. Yeah, but everybody had a slave and oh yeah, and you know. No, that was atrocious. Right. And we need yeah. to swim in that mm-hmm. and it is uh, it was horrible that led to an incredible disgraceful civil war. Where was the repentance? Now, I think are we doing the same thing when you got 63 million unborn babies have been butchered in the last 47 years? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we will have an ABBA banquet and we'll, we'll raise money and we'll support it that way. But, you know, it's like, you know, what's, what's going on here in this, in this country? And those are the things, if you, I, you know, hey, I, I, I'm proud to admit it. I'm a one issue man. Uh, you know, this, this old, if someone is not going to um, defend the, 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 the poorest and the most helpless of our mm-hmm. society in their party platform and their politics. I'm sorry, I have no room for you mm-hmm. in my um, perspective. 
Mm-hmm. And um, we, we, we're going to stand and give an account. Billy Graham said 50 years ago, if God doesn't judge America, he's going to have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. <laughs> and the church of Jesus Christ has to rise up and do it. Mm-hmm. And there's so much problems of the church of Jesus Christ today in our homes and our the whole thing uh, that, you know, that's where. Don't get me started on this thing. I'll be preaching here. But I mean, that's well, where the problems are. And and we as Christians, because we are in Christ now, we're not in Adam anymore. We are fully equipped that's to right. with starting in our homes, within our four walls, to be able to um, to be grounded in God's truth, in the absolutes, in this moral law that he's given us that is also written on our hearts, which by the holy power of the Holy Spirit, by grace, through faith, we can step out and make an impact beginning in our homes. Your neighbor, just think about in your neighborhood, are there neighbors that you haven't talked to? Are there neighbors that maybe are lonely? Are there neighbors who are you know, needing a friend? Go go out and just start relationships, start friendships with your neighbors. When, just start small. And then as the Lord opens up opportunities, he's faithful to do that. Divine intervention can be personal and relational. And then I like what, what Pastor Mark alluded to earlier, where we do need to be careful calling America, oh, it was a Christian nation. It's like, well... No, it wasn't. It had Christian morals, values, principles. But I think in America, there's always been this culture of, okay, yeah, we went through the slavery, we went through this brokenness, but let's pick ourselves up by our bootstraps. There hasn't been a lot of picking up our cross and following him, ever. I think there's always been this, oh, okay, on, we won't look at that anymore. But instead, that that need of repentance, the I mean, even the prayer march that I was at in D.C. was talking about revival, and repentance is a part of that, mm-hmm. and how we can come back around, but we have to acknowledge where we've been and when we can do that, conversations like that are much more wholesome. I mean, even peers, people my age are on a hair trigger in any conversation. They're, they're so passionate about social justice, but becoming more and more incapable of conversation about it. But if you can find a common ground or find something sincere to identify with them over, then there's a heart to listen. And they can yeah. see that. And it's the heart of, of God getting to somebody who didn't, doesn't even realize they're looking for it. And I love what Alicia's saying because it's practical speaking of mm-hmm. just what can we do individually. I mean, we can say the church as a whole, and, and that's a big just word. And, and yeah, the church needs to change. The church needs to rise up. But what can I do personally? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what you're saying. Neighbors, mm-hmm. coworkers, friends, family. How, just how can I... One person making an impact small in, in my your sphere little of influence. world. Yeah. 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 Right. And, and one suggestion, if I can say, is um, a great question, I think, to, um, to focus on in this age of fear. I mean, you know, there, there are grandparents who haven't been able to see their grandkids mm-hmm. for six, seven months because of fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, p- people don't want to do this and they don't want to do that. It, fear has gripped our, our nation. And... Uh, I think a great question would be to ask somebody in a conversation, just to open the conversation and say, um, you know, there's a lot going on this, in this country these last six, seven months. Let me ask you, what do you fear the most? When you talk about COVID-19, what is it that, why are you wearing a mask? Why are you social distancing? And why are you not coming to church or going to church or whatever? What, what is it you fear the most? Hmm. Well, probably it's a fear, well, I'll die of this disease probably what a great opportunity mm. can i talk to you about the fear of death 
Mm. And like, do, would you mind if I took a moment and shared with you a little bit that you don't have to fear death mm. while you still act with common sense, but you don't have to fear death. Fear is gripping us. So let's mm. ask the question to see what it is that they're fearing mm. and then bring in the, the gospel. Root of it. That's yeah. right. To essentially yeah. Great opportunity. Fear God. Mm-hmm. Right? That's I mean, right. <laughs> Great right. opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you fear about this election if it doesn't go right? Well, yeah. What's your greatest fear? Well, yeah. you know, well, you know now we have, it's mm-hmm. an open door to, mm-hmm. to address that mm-hmm. fear with the gospel That's of good. Jesus Christ. Yeah. And what the, is the point of life to live in fear? No. This is to live full yeah. and free, free yeah. in Christ. There's freedom in Christ. It's all over the place. Yeah, mm, a lot in there. Mm-mm-mm. I would have said, I know we got to wrap up. Oh, here. you're good. No, no. Oh, I know I'm good. I, I, no, I, I, I do. You're, have, you're oh, fair. <laughs> I, I you're okay have one slash thing fair. That I'm thinking about in my head. Three out of five Spinning stars. around here a little bit <laughs> is um, there. There is value to going to reading things in history and like what you're talking about. And um, I'm reading Uncle Uncle Tom's Cabin right now. Mm -hmm. I didn't read it when I was in high school. I don't know why that never came, but there is, um, it it is so gripping. And to be able to enter into the stories and the lives of um, what's happened in our past. And it just takes you a place of, of, empathy and sympathy and compassion and that is that still carries over in all the different areas of life and you know on the political platform as christians we value life we value the unborn lives we we value the living lives we value widows we value the sick we value the mentally uh disabled um and so those are those are areas that um we we can step into and show the love of Christ and compassion, uh, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. So it just it, it's helpful to do what you did this past Sunday and step back in history so that we can learn. Let's let's educate ourselves. Uh, we don't have to be stupid uh, Christians. Yeah. We need I, to be we need to be wise to the world I, in I that do, way. I do think that's a little bit of the failing of the church in, in many respects. You're not going to get in the public school system, a, a biblical, a true God historical perspective of God. Uh, I don't know what it's like in homeschooling situations. I'm sure it's much better, but I, my guess is it's still pretty weak. I, re- I had two years of church history in seminary. Great. I mean, they were wonderful classes, wonderful classes. And I do think we need to bring some more of that in to the teaching uh, ministries of our church mm-hmm. is, is to provide and, some historical perspectives. And f- yeah. For the lives of young people specifically, that in- the intake of that perspective really does need to outweigh the other or else you're, it's such an uphill battle. Um, I think I think right now the world's in a hyper diagnostic state. It's saying, "Here's what's wrong with us. Here's what's wrong with us. Here's what's wrong. I found another thing that's wrong with us. Mm. Here's the fix. Here's the fix. Here's the fix." The problem is, they're just diagnosing the symptoms. They they don't have a clue about the disease, the mm-hmm. problem, right? Mm-hmm. But the what what the slippery slope is is the church can walk around and say, "Sin's the issue. Sin's the issue," and that's all they say, mm-hmm. and, and that's not going to bring anybody closer to anything. Mm-hmm. We have to explore how sin's the issue and repent of it if, if you know, there has to be a, a conversation about it in the world, not of the world. Man, like what a hard, yeah, yeah. what a hard thing to do, but 
Oh my. By faith, the Lord empowers us to do it. So that's the hope, and, and that's what this podcast is for. That's what getting plugged into the church is for. You're more than, than a seat in a pew. You're, you're that. The, the church rising up. I mean, it would confirm people's misconceptions that it's a cult if we rose up every Sunday morning and flooded neighborhoods. <laughs> people would run for their lives. The church is coming. <laughs> no, the rise up of the church is a neighbor on a Wednesday night when they hear something in the driveway. Or when a car breaks, a car breaks down, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that's the church. That's the the body at work. So I think that's, I think that's great. Mark Francis, coming your way, coming my way. All yeah. right. So just we did announce this past weekend that we're just having this call to action um, amongst our body, and the idea of what does prioritizing the body really look like, um, where we want to just realizing in this season of COVID and knowing that this regathering process is still taking its shape. People are still doing church online. People are still Mm -hmm. kind of not meeting as community groups. Uh, Maybe it's Zoom or maybe it's not together in person. So how can we still call our body to, to be engaged, to be a part of a community, to use your gifts and talents in serving? And so that is something that, you know, falls right in line with what we're talking about of, of kind of getting to be boots on the ground and live our lives in light to display his glory. And that's building our own uh, faith by being around others who have a common interest in the community group, or maybe it's serving and helping with coffee or helping be an usher or helping in the tech booth. There's so many different opportunities. And then the other events and activities that are around that this coming season, there's going to be a baptism service. There's going to be a congregational meeting. There's going to be a meeting coming up at the end of the month just about a seminar on the roles of women in the church. Uh, and, and Shenandoah County is a church plant, you know, is preparing and deploying. There's so many things happening here that really are what the, the ways and means for us to, to live out the Christian life, a call to action. So how can we be a part of FBC and do those things and, and bless others and be blessed as we do that? So. Go to the website because on the homepage, FBCVA, mm-hmm. FBCVA.life is a prioritize the body button. Mm-hmm. And you can see all the different details of what I'm talking about. Awesome. And there are multiple ways to participate in the weekend worship. Mark said how many people were at FSAT. That's great. And I was able to throw a poll out in the Fellowship Family Facebook page earlier today. And it looks like a lot of people are still doing the FSAT service and the online stream. Those are the top two things people are. I didn't vote because I would have skewed the numbers not with a whole lot where of time. I was. I mean, I could have. There's a huge standard deviation. Okay, good. Don't, don't, the poll is not. I haven't seen it yet. So the, the, it's mostly for fun. <laughs> okay. But uh, all those opportunities, I mean, five different opportunities to connect with our worship service, including the online, of which you awesome. can do at your, your leisure, is, is great. So sermon notes are online. As a reminder, you can go to fbcva.life forward slash sermon spotlight to get connected to this podcast. We also have two other podcasts, Global Global Church Podcast and Fellowship Family. Uh, as a reminder, you can find us on YouTube, subscribe, leave a review, all that good stuff, podcast services. And can all I jump in one place. last time? Absolutely. Because we do have more Fellowship Family podcasts that have come up where we were able to last Friday um, launch right. Jake and Marsha Richards talking about community awesome. groups. This coming Friday, you're going to meet a woman named Jennifer Wiseman, and she's going to talk about serving. And so they're there's other podcasts. I haven't met her yet. She's awesome. Exactly. <laughs> Actually, if you haven't met her yet, I'd be surprised. <laughs> she's coming for you. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> um, YouTube's an excellent spot to find us. Uh, the fact of the matter, everybody's at Sermons and I'm just take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. Until next week, much love and God bless.